was I who allowed the Alliance to know the location of the shield generator. It is quite safe from Faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another great edition of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Thanks for tuning in. We had a busy weekend broadcasting live to you from Chicago at Star Wars Celebration. But we're back, and here's what we have in store. This is going to be a recap episode where we talk Star Wars news and leaks and rumors all from Celebration. We'll do a product review of J.J. Abrams' mystery McDonald's Happy Meal, play the wonderful game Duel of the Fakes, hear from some of our sponsors... Go through a top 10 list of our favorite celebration moments from this past weekend and discuss the overwhelming, amazing news that came out of Star Wars Celebration. So stay tuned. We have some surprises in store, too. It's going to be a great episode. Helping me out today are our two great co-hosts, IG69 and fresh out of Cook County Prison, Teeb. Say hello, guys. Hi, it's Teeb. How's it going? IG69 here. Well, hey guys, uh, what a wonderful weekend! Are you are you back to a hundred percent? Have you recovered from the experience of celebration this year? I mean, I didn't get to see too much of it because I was in jail a lot of the time. But I did have fun in space jail. I probably ate a lot better than you two, that's for sure. Well, I spent the weekend basically eating sausage and uh, you know Italian beef. Well, I had a fantastic time at uh, celebration, so I, I actually miss it a lot. I can't wait to get uh, wait for uh, next year's celebration. One of the wonderful things that we got, uh, you know, waiting in line for the episode nine panel. I mean, we were all standing there, you know, with our lottery numbers and just excited to get in. J.J. Abrams uh, took the opportunity, the marketing opportunity, together with McDonald's, to give everyone a free Episode Nine uh, Celebration uh, Mystery Box Happy Meal. Yeah, that was very nice of them. Now, I was really happy because I didn't get breakfast at the hotel that day because I got up a little late because I was out partying after the Jawa speed dating. This Mystery Box Happy Meal is actually fairly sophisticated. I mean... I still haven't gotten mine open. Have you guys gotten yours open? Oh, well, I had to use a blaster, but I, I finally got it open. Well, it probably disintegrated the uh, cheeseburger inside, huh? Was that supposed to be a cheeseburger? <laughs> so I've got mine now, and I got online on Reddit, and there's a thread on Reddit called uh, How to Open JJ's Mystery Happy Meal. And so I'm going to just step through here, and you know, I don't know if you can if you can hear that. I'm, I'm actually trying to open it right now. There's a, a fairly sophisticated latching system. And I am following the steps here. So, and cool. I got it open. Wow. The the food is still inside. Everything looks okay. Are you guys hungry? Well, did you get a toy? This looks to me like a piece of melted plastic. <gasps> it's the shape of Sheev's profile. It's like a Sheev's silhouette. It looks sort of like a nugget of coal, actually. Wow. So who wants to be the first to try uh, the the McDonald's? Anybody hungry? Not really. No? That's for sure. Well, I've no. never been one to pass up a cheeseburger. I am definitely going to dive in here. So There's plenty for everyone if you guys want a bite. But you said it was touching sheave plastic. I can't imagine that tastes really well. Mm. Oh, it's good, guys. Mm. This tastes better than even a normal McDonald's hamburger. Mm. Well, would you like some, Teeb? There's just a little bit left, actually. Mm. Yeah. They, what about the fries? Are there any space fries? Okay, I've, I've cut down fries. on fries since they don't fry them in lard anymore. I, I usually don't eat them. Ah. Do you like mine? 
Sure, I'll, I'll have some space fries. Uh, I really like this box. I mean, it's it's jet black. It's got a nice uh, kind of profile. Of course, the sheath Palpatine toy is a bonus. Um, but now that I've opened it, I'm not sure it's retained its value. That, that's definitely true. Now you basically might as well just throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Food, right. too. Well, to all those fans who are at Celebration and received a J.J. Abrams Mystery McDonald's Happy Meal, um, you know, I, I would like to hear from you if you had the same experience. If you had a different toy, uh, you can let us know on the podcast. Um, I'm at Storm Duper on Twitter. Um, and if you didn't get one, you know, there's always next year. So maybe he'll do uh, Taco Bell, uh, you know, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Taco Bell, uh, you know, Live Mas kind of thing. Make a run for Alderaan. There you go. There you All go. All too soon. Sorry. Do all of the face Do all of the face Well, guys, um, it's time to play everyone's favorite faking Star Wars game. It's been a while since we've played. Uh, we did play it at Celebration, but we put a little twist on it. This time it's back to the traditional, you know, standard way of playing um, uh, Duel of the Fakes. Are you guys ready? I'm born. I'm ready. Yeah, and I don't like twists, so let's just keep it, you know, the way we normally do it. I'm fine with that. Anytime, anywhere. Well, this one is actually a little bit different. Um, instead of just simply being a real or fake, we decided to align uh, the idea of real with that of canon. Um, a lot of people talking about Star Wars canon at Celebration this weekend. What even is canon? What isn't canon? Um, how does Disney <clears throat> determine canon? And a lot of fans, of course, still angry that the um, original expanded universe has been de- has been de- defined as legends. So for the sake of this duel of the fakes, legends will be considered fake. All right. So we well, have can we t- talk about canons for a second, please? Sure. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to mention that Kathleen Kennedy was given the opportunity to fire a t-shirt cannon, a t-shirt blaster, I guess, if you will, mm. into the into the crowd, and she couldn't figure out how to use it. Oh, she couldn't do it. No, Daisy really had to come in and show her how to do it, and then she fired one t-shirt into the crowd. And I'd like to say something. I think maybe Lucasfilm and Disney and, and uh, Star Wars, they might be hurting for some money, so maybe we should open up a GoFundMe so that they could buy some of our faking Star Wars merchandise for the next celebration, and they'll have more ammo to put into these uh, t-shirt blasters. That's true. I noticed they were fairly stingy with those t-shirt blasters. I mean, they would come out at the beginning of a bit on the Star Wars show, and they would shoot like maybe two or three into the crowd. I mean, if faking Star Wars was doing the show, it would just be an onslaught, a machine gun. You would just be getting pelted in the face with t-shirts left and right. Yes, people would be maybe dying i mean i mean that's like a real faking star wars celebration if you ask me it would be like the quicksand in uh the princess bride they would just be like reaching up out of the sea of t-shirts the t-shirt sea you know to safety yes so daisy ridley had to use the cannon for kathleen kennedy yes i I think this is just another example of daisy ridley being a mary sue how well, does she yeah. know how to use that cannon so well with no formal training? I'm. Ugh. You're right. I, I didn't this even think about that. This celebration had very poor writing in its interviews. <laughs> yeah, Daisy Ridley is is a, a Mary Sue in the purest sense. I mean, she. I have actually never seen her even lose a hair or or you know have an itch <laughs> or I mean have her clothing you know need to adjust it in any way. I mean. 
she suffers from absolutely no uh, corporal corruption whatsoever. She's just she's like Lilu from uh, from the Fifth Element. She's like the supreme being, right? And did you see her just answer all those questions with like um, wit and grace? Like, wow, she didn't even Ray, stumble. Ray, Ray low multipass. Ray low multipass. Oh! <laughs> all she needs is to be loved, though, before she can save the universe, and that's the problem. See, she's never gonna get the love of Kylo. So, in the end, I really think the galaxy's doomed. Yeah, and I feel bad for Kylo because obviously he can't get another helmet made. He has to like keep. <laughs> fixing his helmet like some child that his parents only bought him like one helmet and he has to keep putting duct tape on it to keep keep it going it's kind of sad oh definitely Wait. well that's a Storm that's a point we may have to discuss later storm duper could you lend him one i mean you have so many i have an infinite supply i'm just not sure that he likes the color i mean the uh, purple mohawk kind of you know it doesn't it doesn't blend well with that red cross guard lightsaber it's not a good look for kylo but you have different colors, don't you? I mean, you don't have just purple mohawks. I mean, that would be just insane. Well, it grows actually – many people don't know this about my helmet. The The mohawk itself actually grows out of the helmet. Um, and so if I take my helmet off, there's just another helmet underneath with another mohawk right there. So. Oh. Yeah. Mo Some people think that there's a slit in my helmet where the mohawk is. No, that's not the case. It's actually growing out of the helmet. But you also have a mohawk under the helmet. Well, I mean, every every helmet underneath every other helmet that I have has a mohawk. They're identical. They just keep coming off. So that's why people uh, say, why don't you take your helmet off? I'm like, dude, I did just take my helmet off. This is what you get. You're a real puzzle. Hey, I didn't ask to be born this way, you know? No, you're a mystery box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got it. So this one, you know, two legend stories would be considered fake, and then the one canon story is going to be considered the true masquerading as a fake. Uh, to whet your appetite, um, did you know that Sheev Palpatine did not actually get the name Sheev until the 2014 novel Tarkin by James Luceno? Is it Luceno or Lucino? Luceno, Luceno. Yeah. Well, up until then, his first name was a complete mystery in both canon and legend continuities. Oh, you think they would have known that because he was a senator? You know, his name would have been public knowledge. He had to campaign. No, he just he just uh, he just campaigned as uh, Palpatine from uh, Naboo. Well, what I'd like to know is why Sheev. I, I mean, to be honest, the first time I heard Sheev was at Faking Star Wars, and I had to look it up to make sure that it was not fake. It may be the long con we're going for. We might not know. So. Here are some dual of the fakes facts for you to consider. The first story. Is it legends fake or is it canon real? Darth Sidious killed his master Darth Plagueis by getting him drunk and then blasting his breathing mask with force lightning. This caused his master to slowly suffocate as Sidious teased and taunted him. After, he cremated Plagueis' remains and placed them into a giant urn, which can be seen in Palpatine's office on Coruscant throughout the entire prequel films. Okay, so that's our first story. All right. The second one here, is it a legend? Is it fake? Or is it real? Is it canon? Palpatine was 86 years old at the time of his death in Return of the Jedi. Very simple. Palpatine was 86 years old at the time of his death. 
So, and the last story, which may be a real canon story or could be fake, like his apprentice Anakin Skywalker, Palpatine was also skilled in building droids. Palpatine created his own one-of-a-kind droid called MOC, which was a humanoid-shaped hunter droid with multiple uh, additional appendages. Um, MOC was equipped with a plethora of weapons, including lightsabers and flamethrowers, was also programmed to be a pilot. So those three stories, two of them are fake legends, and one of them is real canon. Um, Again, just to recap, the story about uh, Sidious killing Plagueis with Force Lightning after getting him drunk. The second story about Palpatine being 86 at the time of his death in Jedi. And the last one, that Palpatine himself was a skilled droid builder. What do you think, Teeb? Any one of those striking you as possibly the real canon story masquerading as a fake legend? Well, I'm very well versed in the uh, tragedy of Darth Plagueis, and I happen to know that he put poison in his ear. Is that right? So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's definitely not true. And wait, wait, wait. He put poison in his ear like what? Like he poured it in from a vial? Yeah, I mean, it's just pretty straightforward. Into his ear. That seems like an odd choice. What, would you rather it was in his anus? Uh, probably not, but I mean, like, wouldn't you normally try to, like, pour it into somebody's beverage or get him to drink it somehow? No, it's a lot more dramatic if you pour it in somebody's ear. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that Charlie the Unicorn cartoon, put a banana in your ear. <laughs> I... Honest to God, have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Put a banana in your ear. A banana in my ear. Put a ripe banana right into your favorite ear. Put some poison in your ear. Poison in your ear. What do you think? Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't think that um, that is remotely true. So uh, not number one. That's a legend. You think the force lightning? Yeah. Okay. Let's call that a legend. The drunken force <laughs> lightning. Yes. Um, I do believe that he might have been a master droid builder, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. So I'm going to go ahead. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that the one that I think is true is that he died at 86 years old. Well, okay. I mean, when we say died, that remains to be seen. I haven't seen a body. Okay, well, IG, do you have a guess? Uh, I was also going to go with the 86 years old, though, of course, we know that no one's ever really gone. Yeah, that's they see all of this is getting recontextualized now after uh, after um, we saw the panel on Friday. However, um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that both of you are wrong. That is a legend story about his age of being 86. Actually, according to Lucasfilm Story Group's Leland Chi, who is uh, at Holocron Keeper on Twitter, uh, back in 05, he had a list of birth years. For Star Wars characters, and Palpatine's was 82 BBY, which means after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, wow. and so in canon, then he's confirmed to be 88 years old at the time uh, of his death, thanks to the novel Tarkin. Um, and so he was actually born two years later uh, than he was reported in Legends, the fake story. So that means that the true story is actually Palpatine was a skilled droid builder. Um, the source from this is the uh, Star Wars droidography book by Mark Sumarok, or Sumarik, who promoted the droid M. 
OC from his non-canon status as a character in the children's animated series Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. So I'm going to guess that neither of you have spent a lot of time watching the Lego Star Wars series. I've played it. So I, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> so yeah, so I've played it as well. It's not in there, but uh, it is in the children's animated series. So um, if you take a look at this droid, it looks kind of like an octopus. I mean, it's got a lot of different limbs all doing something different. A bit reminiscent of General Grievous. Uh, so... Yes. You know, the loose connection there might be that Palpatine himself actually designed and built the armor for General Grievous. I think that's a bit of a stretch. That's not explicit, say. but we may find out in Episode Nine some new uh, information about the backstory of that l beloved character. The backstory like of the West? Yes, the backstory of the re of the West, exactly. <laughs> yes. All um, right. I'd like to say something a little off-topic. Yes. I actually looked up last night sheev stuff and it said that he had a droid named id4 something okay id4c or something like that also i should have known because i did look up last night that he died when he was 88 but for some reason i thought maybe you know i was, was late last night so i thought maybe my math was wrong hmm. Hmm. so yeah thanks for hitting me on the math no problem my man i love to humiliate you any chance i get yeah, that one was a little picky <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but moc is there oh we can go back now so does MOC actually stand for anything? I'm not sure about that. I have to be honest. I haven't done my research in that department. Okay. So not not hasn't been a live action character yet, but we, we never know. I mean, maybe that's the big surprise in episode nine. So only one hope. can only hope. Yeah. Are you feeling down now that Star Wars Celebration has ended? Does the Rise of Skywalker teaser trailer now fail to fill the gaping void in your life? Do you wake at night with cravings for Star Wars merch and interview panels? Would you chop your own arm off for a ticket to Galaxy's Edge? If so, you may be suffering post-celebration stress disorder. PCSD is an illness that affects 1 in 10 Star Wars Americans and 3 in 10 Wookiee Americans. But now there is hope. Dr. Wilhelm Bobofreud's Miracle Tonic will chase those post-celebration blues away and leave you feeling a sense of serenity and bliss. Made from an ancient Jawa recipe, it contains a mixture of Kayat Dragon Oil and Sarlacc Spit. Guaranteed to chase those Star Wars blues away. Side effects may include Imperial Disorder, Rebel Scum, Intestinal Bleeding, Hair Loss, Restless Wookiee, and Eremicophobia. If your serenity lasts more than three hours, contact a doctor. If your bliss lasts less than three hours, phone 911 immediately. And we're back. Boy, where, where do we find these sponsors? This is uh, kind of pathetic. I mean... What was the word he dropped there? Eremicophobia? What the heck is that? Eremicophobia. Eremicophobia. What is that? No idea. Eremicophobia is the fear of deserts or sand. Really? Oh, IG okay. for the win. Huh. Nice. It gets well, everywhere. Guys, I'm, I am starting to actually feel a little bit sick to my stomach. I, I Just thinking about that scene in, that, in, a, in the Attack of the Clones about... Uh, I, well, I don't know. My... My stomach is starting to turn a little bit. Jeez. You need some Tums. Yeah, I hope I can make it through here. We got a lot of a lot of material to get through. Onward and upward. It's all for the greater good. Thinking about Star Wars Celebration this past weekend, there was so much going on, and we decided to compile a top ten list of experiences and observations and just overall uh, fun stuff that happened during the weekend. Uh, number ten is getting to eat all of the Polish sausage and Italian beef and pizza rolls 
Um, actually, buddies of ours, Loose Cannon, uh, who run a podcast uh, themselves that you should listen to, they actually uh, gave us some pizza rolls when we were there. We Our booth was right next to them, and they were very kind helping us. I filled up my pockets with pizza rolls and Polish sausages. I was never, uh, never for want the whole time I was there. Number nine. IG's dog rash. Oh, that was that was awesome. I love that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. I never seen metal turn that shade of bright red, and you were just like scratching. So I, I thought you were going to actually rip pieces of your helmet, your face plates off. You were in such agony. It was a great interview, though. That's true. Number eight is Teeb finding Mark Hamill announcing his candidacy for president. I think that was a that was a super moment, and uh, he'll make America Star Wars again. Thank God you had that bird scooter, huh? Otherwise, you never would have found him. I know. This was news that nobody knew. We broke this news. Yeah, it was incredible. Did you actually get a chance to shake his hand during the event at all? I did not. Well, I tried to, but it came off. <laughs> and he just threw it over his shoulder. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, he's not going to be able to sign any vetoes. It's just going to be like holding a hand, holding a pen, like vetoing everything that comes out of Congress, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. How about number seven, Teeb? Number seven, IG-88 and the Mando panel. And, um, yeah, he was pretty much going to town uh, in that space western, just kind of zapping around and flipping around and just killing everybody. He was almost as effective as IG-69, I would say. What a badass. I mean, if, if IG-69 has just an ounce of his abilities, uh, I'm surprised more people don't listen into our podcast just to get, you know, surreptitious uh, military skills alone. Like, how awesome is the whole Mandalorian everything from, from oh. that? That that looks like a really good series. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic. Carl Weathers. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's like barbecue sauce on my pull of sausage. It's just fantastic. Number six. Uh, this one is a little bit polemical, so please be patient with me. But Tom Kane, who's the actor who voices Yoda in a lot of the Lucasfilm properties, chiefly the Clone Wars, he actually was being interviewed by the Star Wars show there on the convention floor. And he kind of went off a little bit. He went off script and he really criticized The Last Jedi for killing Admiral Akbar who he actually used to vote, uh, he used to voice uh, in some of the um, properties. And he had a little spiel about Admiral Holdo uh, being a random character that got added in. And the the um, host did not take too kindly and kind of tried to shut him up. It's been a pretty interesting thing. Some people think that he was actually taken out back and uh, they capped his knees. Really? Yeah, Chicago style. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, so if Chicago you, don't play. I mean, it's like you know they pull a they pull a, a, a knife. You got to pull out a blaster, right? That's well. Hopefully, I mean, he may not have been ready for that. So if you do see his face walking around in future conventions, that might be a clone. But I've seen the kind of people that go to these conventions. I think he could have taken them. Unless it was Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm themselves actually taking things into their own hands, which we've yeah, been she, they have been known to do in the past. She could do some damage if she could figure out how to fire the blaster. <laughs> Just That's hit him true. with it. Right. Just hit him over the head. <laughs> so, number five, the hilarious mispronunciations of Jonas, Suatomo, Suatomo. Yeah, that guy. The guy with the impossible name. <laughs> right. Do you know how to say his name right, don't you? Um, yes. <laughs> I think it's Jonas Suatomo. You know, he's yeah, the guy he, who plays Chewbacca now. It, it is like when you're trying to read his name, it, it does sound like, it does look just, wow. <laughs> There's so many directions you can go with it. 
Yeah. The energy is just so different from Peter Mayhew, who's a little bit calmer, more subdued. This guy Jonas just grabs things by the horn and throws it around, man. Well, you know why he stopped playing basketball, right? No. Because he was never picked on any fantasy teams because everybody thought he was Japanese. <laughs> really? Oh. Racist. <laughs> His name looks Japanese, and Japanese can't play basketball. Hey, they How dare you have like, an ethnically basketball. ambiguous last name, you racist? <laughs> But it, it, his uh, yeah his interviews were delightful and uh, I, I thought like he can do a Wookiee impression very well. I'm, I assume he's been studying our Rosetta Shiriwook. He was our first customer actually. Number four was the Space Jail Escargot, which I actually didn't get to try myself because I didn't get arrested. But Teeb, I, I did. As a matter of fact, I was I I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I mean. You know, from what I understand, everybody on the floor, they had terrible food compared to what we had in Space Jail. And I made some friends for life. Yeah. Pickens were pretty slim. That's why I was really trying to hoard the pull of sausages. Number three, IG's barbecue sauce. Oh, yes. How could we forget that? Well, you guys got to have it all. I didn't have very much of it. And I'm trying to remember if that was on the Friday. That was on Friday, right? The first day of the convention. That we were there, live cast. You brought some back to the room. I did get to have a little bit of it, yeah. Well, I scraped up some and, and put it in a little Dixie cup with kind of a paper towel and a rubber band over it. And it, it actually uh, didn't go bad very quickly. I was impressed. You're going to have to let us know the recipe that you used, IG. Oh, uh, you know what? A little later on in the show, uh, I'll be sharing some of those uh, secret tips. Oh, wow. Can't wait to hear that. I'm amazed that somebody who doesn't even have taste buds is able to craft such a delicious concoction. Yeah, droids can cook. I believe Futurama taught us that. Number two is the Octo Cosplayer following Teeb. Oh, that's right. That guy was off the hook, man. I thought he might have had a little bit, like, just one too many porgs. I feel like <laughs> the porg to island ratio was off by just one porg. <laughs> he worked so hard on it, though, I didn't want to break his heart and tell him that he had gone overboard. I almost hit that guy with my scooter. Overporg? He'd, he'd overporged? He did definitely overporg. Yeah. What a cool costume, though. It's nice to know that there are people out there that are not directly affiliated with Viking Star Wars that are also incredibly creative and amazing. I saw somebody um, today, actually, on Twitter uh, that was there, was dressed like the boom operator, the guy with the pink shorts and the sandals and no shirt. He was just walking around. You know the famous scene where you see the guy, with the boom operator, oh, yeah. behind the scenes? On uh, A New Hope. Absolutely. And there were also some people there who were dressed in, like, all green spandex, like uh, Spanx. Green Spanx who were pushing, like, BB-8. Because that became kind of an interesting uh, thing with the last few years as well. Uh, I think the cosplay in general was fantastic. Uh, and uh, all those groups, like the 501st and stuff, like, wow, all the effort they put into their um, into those uh, project set pieces and costumes is uh, pretty amazing. Oh, and they even got rewarded with it. I mean, we heard the fact, you know, with uh, Mandalorian that they actually called up the 504 first and said, hey, we need you guys. And they showed up, didn't even know what they were showing up for. And then lo and behold, they find out, hey, you guys are going to be in the Mandalorian. Like that must oh. have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I'd be able to handle that. Yeah. Like I'd probably die right there. <laughs> That's every Star Wars fan's dream right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, we're calling you up to the, the to the pros. You know, you got the show. It would be like it would be like the equivalent of the Star Wars show calling me and saying, "Hey, we'd like we'd like to come on your show." That will never happen. That <laughs> happens every week. What are you talking about? We always have people from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Are you ready for number one? Drum roll, please. Number one is roll it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
just unbelievable moment. Uh, for me, I have to say, in the entire history of the sequel trilogy era of Disney Star Wars, that is my single most favorite moment in the films, TV shows, whatever you have. My favorite Star Wars moment in the last seven years. When he came out on stage and everybody was just like, you know, literally literally beside themselves and then he just started laughing and he couldn't contain himself that was just fantastic i can't wait for uh the actual movie to come out so that we can um complain about it endlessly oh it's gonna be well, wonderful the great the great spoiler here that nobody knows is that actually um even mcdermott well this is true he knew from the very beginning of the sequel trilogy that he was going to be involved in some way he has kept this secret for like seven years and um the the horrible truth that everyone is just gonna be just horrified when they when they see episode nine is that he's actually only in it for about seven seconds in the form of like a holocron recording that is basically just him talking about what he wants to order for lunch. Uh, well, don't you just did you just spoil episode nine? Did you just spoil the rise of Skywalker? It's not fundamental to the plot. It happens in the first reel of the film, um, and so you know it's fairly fairly uh it's like a it's kind of a non sequitur actually well is he gonna have any of ig's barbecue sauce with whatever he's ordering i'm not sure about that i to do the cgi work on his sauce is a quite complicated thing because of the uh, level of molecular density involved well, there you have it, everyone. It's our top 10 faking Star Wars moments from Star Wars Celebration. Uh, if you weren't there, go ahead, get us get, get us a comment on what you would have done if you were there on Twitter at FSW Radio or Storm Duper, and we'd be happy to comment on your comments. Welcome, everyone, to a new segment I like to call Cooking with IG. With me here is Storm Duper. Hey, everybody. So, Storm Duper, um, you really liked my uh, barbecue sauce at the convention, right? It was like nothing I'd ever had. All right. Well, I thought, um, why not introduce uh, some of our uh, the IG family's secret um, recipes here? Because uh, I know the IG family is known mostly for assassinating um, and bounty hunting, but um, my great great grandfather IG forty two uh, started a small um, artisanal barbecue sauce company way back in the day back in the days of the empire strikes back or even before then uh, like the old republic days wow wow yeah so uh, i mean nowadays uh, ig86 uh, the lesser known my lesser known cousin um uh he runs it um but uh you know the family still maintains uh, the authenticity of the recipes and it's a small company we only service a few systems we have a wide selection of uh flavors and i brought some of them here today to share with you i'm anxious to try them based on the strength of the one i had the other day i have these mini polish sausages you can use to, uh to mm. dip the dip in the sauce oh it looks so, great yeah. yeah this one here is uh i call it a galactic bounty Ooh, galactic bounty mm. Mm, yeah try that one there mm, nice a little yeah. tangy yeah it tastes mm. a little naughty right it does now now this one comes out a little bit each batch comes out a little bit differently okay huh is that due um, to the spice profile you use or it just it's just it varies from bounty to bounty so i see okay. um i love the texture uh, it's almost um you know it's almost like got a meaty texture to it or something i can't put my finger on no i mean they all do they all do um i also hmm. have um uh this one from the outer rims uh called uh backstroke of the west Ooh, I love the color on this one. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, oof, wow, that has that kind of Old West flavor, uh, almost a mesquite. 
Yeah, well, that's what we strive for. Um, the Outer Rim Settlers are are great for producing that kind of flavor. Um, what do you mean okay. by that? What do you mean they're they're great? They they have like a special kind of farm with moisture evaporators that produces that kind of flavor, or yes, yes, that's what I mean. Oh, so um, I can't get enough of this. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it's and really I have good. A, I have a very special treat for you today. This is a special reserve limited edition Blue Harvest sauce. Ooh, is this exclusive to the podcast? We were only able to make this in a limited number of um, bottles. So there's only a few in existence, and we usually only uh, pull them out for IG family get-togethers. Wow. Wow. Okay. Let me see here. I'll use a little bit less because it's such a rare quantity here. Oh. Mm, that tastes like the Sahara, the Sahara Desert or something. Mm. I know. Mm. Um, this is our original idea for this sauce was to use uh, moisture evaporators on Tatooine. However, we only got two: a uh, Baru and Owen, and they. Uh, uh, but we could never make any more. So uh, unfortunately, the huts shut us down on that. Wait a minute. What do you mean? You're saying you got a Baru and Owen to make uh, this sauce? They 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 knew how to brew it or to ferment it properly. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, they they were integral to the process. Yeah, but uh, again, the Huts didn't like us um, messing in their territory, so uh, we, we 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 abandoned the idea. However, it did make this delicious uh, limited edition, and of course, your personal favorite from the convention. Try our herb and garlic. You mean herb and garlic? Well, herb. You know, um, we named it after uh, this drifter we picked up maybe a couple hundred years ago. Huh. Um, yeah, uh, like when we disintegrated him, um, he what? just made the most fantastic sauce. So we actually preserved his DNA and had it cloned at our facility on Camino. He made the he made the best sauce. Like I mean, he he just did he take culinary classes on Camino to get to the point where he could create this sauce? Or no, 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 no. Um, okay, how do how do I explain this? Um, huh? Okay, Let me see. Uh, we clone I... Herb, right? And then Herbert. we use him to well, Herbert, we. We just call it herb sauce. And then we hmm. use him to make the sauce. Unfortunately, his clones are okay. a bit um, hard to keep. Uh, like, they wander off like no one's business, and you find them everywhere. So whenever you find them, I mean, then you got to put them to work to make the sauce, right? Well, okay. Um, all right. Okay, I guess this is how I'm telling you how the sausage is made, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm not very when happy we, about you guys using, like, slave clone herb. labor, but, I mean, if they're the only ones that can make the sauce, that's okay, I guess, you know? No, no. Is the thing is, when we disintegrate Herb, we use his slurry, if you will, uh, as hmm. the base ingredient, just like um, the Tex-Mex uh, sauce is made from a mixture of Texans and Mexicans, the backstroke is made from Outer Rim Settlers, the Bounty Hunter... The galactic bounty sauce is made from various bounties that we collect. That's why it kind of varies from bounty to bounty. So and, wait, um, if it's made from his slurry, like, does he have, like, an exclusive arrangement with you so that other sauce companies can't use his recipe for the slurry as well? No, no, he is the slurry. Well, I know. I mean, everybody puts themselves into their artistic creations. Right. Wait, what are you, so, what are you telling sure. me? What are you telling me, IG? I don't um, uh, you, you know what? Um, I think... Uh, Mm, I'm just going to have some more of this delicious sauce. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you for bringing it in. Thank you so oh, much. No problem. Fantastic. Actually, you can, uh, um, I'm giving you these complimentary bottles as a gift. Oh, the things that I the things I don't deserve. Oh, don't worry. Uh, we've actually got a super duper hot sauce uh, coming out with your name on it. All right, boy. You know that 
that last bit, that uh, advertisement for I, you know, IG's barbecue sauce business, I have to say, Teeb, I am actually really starting to feel kind of queasy right now. Are you feeling anything? I mean, now that you mention it, I have had a lot of gas since we started Ooh. recording, but I didn't want to say anything. I felt fine earlier. It was just, I don't know, being around you guys or something, I'm starting to feel really sick. I don't know. Ugh. Well, anyway... Thinking about Star Wars Celebration, there were so many new things that came out, um, so many great panels, uh, and one of the things that we learned is a lot about the episode, uh, season six or seven, uh, season seven, sorry, of the animation, The Clone Wars. Did you get a chance to go to that panel, um, team? No, I did not, actually. I don't know anything about that. Hmm, hmm. Well, it was really interesting. I am not a massive fan of The Clone Wars. I've probably only seen maybe the first two seasons, and I find that whenever it's on, I I last about 10 minutes, and then I start to sort of slowly look at my phone and start tweeting again. Uh, it's not to say that I don't like it, but it doesn't captivate me the same way the films do. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, Jenny... Mm, the, the, yes. the Russian animator. I'm a big fan of his. Um, ever since Dexter's, Dexter's Laboratory, I've been a big fan of his. And when The Clone Wars came out, I was really excited about it because I'm such a fan of his work and the fact that he came mm. out with it originally as a fan and then George Lucas greenlit it and said, that's canon. And right. that was pretty awesome. Um, so I've always thought that was cool. And then we got Asako Khan out of that series. So I, I do own all of The Clone Wars. The story, the characters are really well written considering... At the time, he had no idea what was going on with Anakin That's as right. far as the next movie, as far as uh, uh, Attack of the Clones. Or you mean Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, no? I think it was Attack of the Clones uh, that came out after the Clone Wars, but you can check me on that. Did really? I, I could have sworn that Attack of the Clones came out first, but I could be wrong. Um, well, I, I thought that one of the things was interesting was seeing the actress who voices Ahsoka. Uh, she's mm -hmm. a cute blonde lady. I can't remember her name right now. She's a huge Star Wars and Disney nut. You almost get to feel like she's just on payroll to be a huge super fan. Um, I'm not saying that, but uh, she was just in tears hearing about a scene that's going to be in the next season, the Siege of Mandalore. And it's a scene that Dave Filoni, the creator, has been teasing and talking about for years. And since the Clone Wars was given the go-ahead green light for another season, they're going to actually do this scene. Well, that's fantastic. I know Dave Filoni did Rebels, and I really liked Rebels. I really did. I was I was expecting to be kind of like, uh, I'm, I might not like this, but... Um, Ezra and all that good stuff, even though he is basically just Aladdin in space, uh, the other characters I like in Rebels and Filoni, uh, cool. is, is the reason why I like that show. A lot of great content coming out with the animation shows all across the board. We're hoping to have actually Christopher Sean, who voices Kaz on Resistance, on board here. I know he's a listener, so if you're out there, we're still trying to get you on. Just need to get the uh, rubber stamp from Lucasfilm. Um, but uh, Galaxy's Edge is another interesting thing. Uh, that panel on Saturday was really interesting, and I know you were there for that one, T. Before well, I arrested. was there, and I was also at Galaxy's Edge uh, the week before that. Um, seeing it being built. So, yeah, I'm very excited about Galaxy's Edge. Living in here in Dagobah, uh, it's going to be really challenging for me not to just go every weekend, to be quite honest. You're going to have to get your tickets ahead of time because based on some of the things they said that it's going to have, I mean, the cell phone stuff alone, 
you're going to have people actually trying to square up to the park, get as close as they can, um, and then uh, engage the Star Destroyer at point-blank range. I mean, people are going to be basically squatting around the park trying to play the like satellite games and the translation kind of mystery games that they have on your cell phone without actually paying wow. for entrance. Well, I know when Harry Potter opened up in Universal here in uh, Dagobah, um, one of the things that I noticed was because they didn't have a Harry Potter park in California yet, we had people from all over the world at this park. And I cannot even imagine mm. the draw that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to have. Well, that that uh, that unfortunate reality, I think, is going to put a damper on the excitement that people have when Galaxy's Edge opens up because you just can't contain something like this. There are going to be so many residual problems. People are going to resort to heroin and death stick usage after they go because they won't be able to come to grips with reality afterwards. Um, I don't think Disney has really stepped up the psychological counseling that's going to be needed for people that go there afterwards. You know, I think you might be right because i think i might be one of those people i think if this goes the way hmm. i mean let's be honest if this is just a really cool park and when they say immersive is just going to be you know cast members dressed in in star wars garb i'm not going to be very impressed but like if you've ever gone on um tower of terror twilight zone they really get into their roles the uh the the um mm -hmm. the ushers you know the hotel lobby ushers and everything they really get into their roles so i would i would hope i would pray to god that any of the cast members that got cast because this is an acting role i really hope that it's a super immersive experience at galaxy's edge otherwise i'm going to be disappointed well, your fears about Galaxy's Edge being a colossal disappointment have turned you into a theist, T, but that's incredible. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, I just don't think this is going to go the way you think. I have uh, very pessimistic views. I am not going to book my tickets for the first season. Um, however, it does look to be an incredible experience that will change the world of amusement parks. Um, so the next thing we talked about, you know, uh, this past weekend on the live episodes from McCormick's Place was the incredible Sunday panel on The Mandalorian. Now, you were in jail in Cook County at the time, Teeb, but we were able to get some uh, closed-circuit closed television stream to you through the secret dispatchers that we have working all over the world. So you were able to, fortunately, watch the show uh, from the confines of the Cook County Yes, lounge. I was actually in there with Chewbacca Mom, and she had it up on her... Um on her galaxy's edge uh on her on her uh samsung galaxy and i was watching it that way she was holding nice, it for nice. me very nicely so how do you feel about a show like this coming out in november it's going to be the flagship show for disney plus and so soon right before the release of episode nine the rise of skywalker i think that disney just needs to keep making more star wars things Honestly, just keep doing it. Just get yeah, just like I've I've said before. Just put it right into my veins. <laughs> just like some 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 soft, delicious. Heroin, I even like Resistance, huh? and I didn't think I would. I've only watched a few of them, but um, I I again, I think I like the characters. I like the writing. I like uh, the effects and everything like that. And I do feel that it's Star Wars property. I know a lot of people were upset when Disney bought Star Wars, but. I gotta tell you, I'm not I'm not disappointed. 
I'm just not. So Mandalorian, I mean, it's going to be interesting because it is sort of a prequel of sorts. I mean, it, it, it's a kind of a prequel for the sequel trilogy. It takes place before uh, The Force Awakens. Um, but by all counts, it's going to be the show that I thought The Force Awakens should have been. Lawlessness, yes. confusion, recovery, piracy, crime. Um, you know, from what we heard, Werner Herzog's narration of the teaser that was not released to the general public, his voice, I mean, wow, this is going to be an intense show. It's not going to be no, light. Um, I know that it's set five years after Return to the Jedi, and I know I know when The Force, Awakening came, uh, Force Awakens came out, that was a lot of the criticism that it received, is that we wanted a new story, and we kind of got a rehashed New Hope, uh, you know, a bigger Death Star mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they were like, where's all these awesome characters that are in the video games? Where's that kind of stuff? And I know... Sure. Just seeing the trailer for Mandalorian, they listened. They listened. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually coming through the pipeline right now. Um, you know, this the shot of IG-88 uh, uh, whirling around and shooting. I'm actually being told now that that is not IG-88, but it's actually IG-11. Um, so we thought that IG-69's cousin was going to be in the show. I don't know if that's a, a fake fake or if this is all news designed to confuse us coming out of Disney, but we do know that there is an IG assassin droid in the show. We are very excited Yeah, I don't that. care if he's IG 3 million. Uh, he's an IG. He's, he's a badass assassin droid, and he's going around, or bounty hunter or whatever he is in this, and he's literally spinning around killing people. I mean, that's like the Death Blossom in The Last Starfighter. Yes, please. I definitely got the vibe that we're going to be at Mos Eisley. I mean, there seemed to be a lot of characters and and monsters that definitely were callbacks to that scene in the cantina. Um, You know, do you have any characters from the cantina that you really like to see in this uh, television show? What about a one-armed, whatever that guy's name is, that gets his arm chopped off? Oh, yeah, walrus face or walrus head. I don't think that's his given name. The guy with the tusks. I can't imagine that somebody would name their kid walrus face. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Uh, Yeah, we're having our agenda. Can you imagine that someone would name their kid? Wouldn't you know? (laughs) We're having a walrus. Let's call him walrus face. Gender reveal party. You, you, we have an infant walrus face. That would be like the worst thing in the world. No wonder that guy ended up in Maz Eisley. He's probably like, he probably like, yeah, his, yeah. His parents are probably like humans and they live on Coruscant and they were like, oh, right. Damn. You could just imagine like the baby shower um, registry list at Target. It's like, you know, um, uh, tusk polishers and Paper stuff. Bags for the head <laughs> and everything. Oh, that's just so bad. No, actually, oh, I, right. I mean, gosh. Anybody from the cantina scene would be just, you know, I would I would be very happy to see. Um, again, this is again, this is five years after Return of the Jedi, so Jabba is dead. Spoiler alert. Um, mm-hmm. All those people in his cartel are dead. Now let's talk about cartels, though. Yeah. We do know of another cartel, do we not? Theoretically, the Crimson Dawn cartel could be at large still after the Empire's Death Star explodes. Well, Darth Maul and Kira could be... Part of it, dare I say? Do you think they survive the events of Return of the Jedi? Is there any uh, canon uh, certainty on that? I'm sure there's some comics out there that would validate that. I haven't read any though. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think they'd be a good fit for the Mandalorian, just in terms of their character arcs and um, uh, Daenerys. I mean, um, uh, Emilia Emilia Clarke is an old hand at shooting television shows, so she would slot right in there. Some availability, isn't she? Right. Yeah. 
Well, interesting. Well, we'll wait to see what happens in the future seasons. Um, and then that brings us to really the uh, the, the crown jewel of Celebration, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, which was the Episode Nine trailer and panel. Well, I just saw an interview with uh, Ian McDermott, uh, the Emperor, and he said, remember, this was a teaser, and he right. said jokingly around i'm hoping that oh don't don't take my voice uh, into consideration too much because this is a teaser and disney or you know star wars is known for teasing people and and you know flipping the script and and he actually said that um he they the actors are often given fake scripts and no scripts at all or they're told okay all that stuff that you remembered all your lines we're gonna flip it completely and and change it and so it's interesting to me to see everybody's really excited about the emperor, but if he's not a pivotal part of this, people are going to be really pissed off. <laughs> I think Disney had to know the excitement that would ensue when they released it. So I, I, I mean, I'm sure that they have something well prepared. I hope so, but no, I'm really excited about it because I mean, the rise of Skywalker is interesting to me though, because I thought this was going to be like everybody thought this was supposed to be the end of Skywalker. This is the end of the Skywalker saga. So how is it the rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker? Well, the demolition of Skywalker would probably not get as many butts in the seat or the humiliation of Skywalker. Maybe. Yeah. And there's some people that, and I think this is even we couldn't come up with anything this ridiculous. We do try um, that Skywalker is now going to be a title like Jedi as in, like, a knight, instead of being a Jedi, you're exactly. a Skywalker. I guess it makes sense. I'm thinking they're going to go back in time a little bit, and you're going to show us how the Jedi arose. And there is a connection between Jedi and Jedha, right? So there probably was some dude who lived on Jedha, uh, and he invented the Force, and he put it all together, you know, and then that's how he all became a Jedi. And it's the same thing now with the Skywalker. So he, he Force projected himself to walk across the galaxy and fake out his nephew, and now that's going to be a title and role uh, all to garbage, its own. Garbage, garbage, dumpster, fire, garbage. <laughs> You just aren't in tune with that? No, because let me put it like this. There already are Jedi. You would only need to do something like that if there was a whole new thing. So are you now going to tell me that a Skywalker is going to somehow be a completely different thing than a Jedi? I hope. I Hmm. I swear to God, Hmm. if that's what it is, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah. I am starting to feel really ill just thinking about this and the eight months that we have to wait. So um, (coughs) I'm... Oh, I'm actually going to head to the bathroom. Uh, Teeb, uh, IG, are you there? Um, guys, can you can you hold down the fort for a second while I um, while I go go to the washroom for a second? I'll be back in a minute. The washroom? Is he going to wash himself? That that never happens. Faking Star Wars listener mail. So uh, we put a call out on Twitter earlier today, guys, to get some questions about celebration and speculations, and we've got some responses. Um, this one comes to us from uh, the My Skira Jedi, known as Diana or Diana Skywalker on Twitter, and she writes, "I'm super excited to see a strong woman like Gina Carano in The Mandalorian." What other strong women would you like to see cast in a Star Wars film or TV show, such as maybe the Knights of the Old Republic, which Kathy Kennedy has said is possibly in development? I would like to uh, say something about that, if I can. 
Uh, this is breaking news, but Gina Carano actually liked that. Did she? Tweet. All right. Yes. And um, so I can only assume that that means that she definitely wants us to interview her for The Mandalorian oh, once well, it comes we, out. So we used to be lovers. It's a little bit complicated because she beat me up when she was doing MMA in the wrong kind of way. So uh, it's a little bit dicey there. Um, I mean, I'd be happy to have her on, but we can't so look at each other. So the question is, who else would I'd like yeah. to see cast? Sigourney Weaver come back Ooh. as Ridley oh, still in alive. a crossover. <laughs> well, the alien... The alien was a female too. I mean, why not have a good female monster? We've never had that before in Star Wars. Yes, we have. We have. Yeah. Was a Sarlacc female, I suppose. No, Solo. Oh, you're right. Okay, but that's not a saga film. I mean, that was sort of an extra story. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, uh, weren't some name? of the monsters in the arena like female? Like, wasn't the Ackley like a, a female spider monster? God, I hope oh, so. Oh, that could be. Yeah. I hope it suffered. What was her name Solo I, in Solo? I don't know if the gender was specified, so. What was the worm lady there in Solo? What was she called? Um, Proxima. Lady Proxima. Yes. They even yeah, said great. lady, just for people like you that don't, you can't there figure you it out. Great title, a great name, you know, Lady Proxima. But I, I would argue for more of a monster, like, in terms of it being a threat, part of a set, you know. Lady Proxima isn't a monster. She's a villain. Uh, a monster doesn't have, like... A monster is indifferent to its uh, prey and to its um, victim. Well, I'd like to um, say Kiernan Shipka would be good in anything Star Wars. Cool, cool. I'm not real up on her work. I don't know she much of what she's done. She is in the new um, Netflix series, uh, Sabrina. Oh, great. Excellent. She has a weird right. name, so... Of course, I know how to say that one. Like we got another uh, question here from uh, George Lucas, actually, um, at Air Monarch Lucas. And they write, hey, Duper, George here. As you know, The Phantom Menace is my favorite movie, and Jar Jar is my favorite character. What is your favorite part of Episode 1 and your favorite character from said film? No one better to answer this than the prequel defender himself, IG-69. Oh, God. Really, Storm Duper? Hey, you know, this is my way of paying you back for that delicious sauce you gave me. Mm, okay. Well, um, you know, we'll be making a sauce with you very soon. So let's see. Wow. Um, I don't know. My favorite character from episode one? Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, I, it, I guess Chief Palpatine. That's like, he's the best character in, in all three movies. So I'm going to go with him because everyone else was pretty flat. Um, what do you don't really have part? much of a favorite moment of the film. Um, it, I was it, thinking about this uh, because of the episode one panel on Monday, and I actually went back and watched it. And there are some subtle nuances that you may not pick up on. Like, for example, when uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin and uh, Shmi Skywalker are all kind of sitting around in the hovel talking, and Jar Jar Binks is there eating fruit with his tongue. There's a subtle bit of subtext where, you know, uh, Qui-Gon says to Anakin, you must have Jedi-like reflexes if you're able to, you know, race a pod. And then he, you know, right immediately after that, he grabs Jar Jar's tongue with his fingers. And you don't think about the time, but he's actually demonstrating his own Jedi-like reflexes by doing that. And then Anakin sees his lightsaber and says, hey, are you Jedi? It was a subtle thing. You know, it wasn't too heavy-handed, but I didn't notice it all the all the times I've seen it before. So I, I like those little touches that are built into the scenes like that. 
You don't yeah, see too many of them. subtle like a hammer. Uh, I think like basically <laughs> like whenever they would do a pan of some of the visuals, it was it was fine. Like the initial swim into the Gungan City was 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 fine. I mean, no one's talking and it's just a visual. So th- those ones all work fairly well. Um, hmm. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. I do. I do agree um, that I think people focused um, way too much on Jar Jar as being a problem with the movie. He's he's not a really great character in my opinion, but as, as a, as a star Wars kind of character, I mean, yeah, there's, there's probably goofs like that hanging around the star Wars universe. It's, it, I didn't really, I didn't mind Jar Jar as much as, as a lot of people did, but uh, just, I mean, the, the, the lazy writing and um, static scenes were really, really uh, just, I, I, I will prop, I will never, find those appealing this one comes to us from at unknown underscore regions uh shiv palpatine's future ex-wife who asks what are your ideas on how they will bring shiv back a hologram recording maybe or is he actually alive again maybe he never died um there i've been giving this a lot of thought actually and i know that darth plagius was working out a way to bring people back from the dead and she flat out tells Anakin that that it is possible not from a Jedi to bring somebody but back. But it's from possible the dead. not to bring people back from the dead, but to save them from dying. There's a little subtle distinction. Yeah, that was like he can extend life beyond its natural um, uh, span, which a Jedi wouldn't do because that interferes with nature. But he can't come back, which a Jedi can do as a Force ghost. So Leia can float through space and. We're not supposed to assume that an old man can't manipulate the Force to not fall to his death when some 60-year-old guy or 40-year-old guy hurls him over a, a, a balcony. I don't know. I just think... I think I think basically, like, uh, it's already been established that the Force will do whatever the plot needs it to do. So um, hmm. I'm hmm. expecting some hocus-pocus stuff going on. As long as there's no time travel, I'll be fine with whatever they come up with. Oh, we need time travel so much. No, oh, gosh. It helps yeah. Star, uh, Star well, Trek a lot. Well, that's it for listener mail. If you'd like to write us, you can get to me at StormDuper or at FSW Radio on Twitter, and we'll be happy to read your question on the air as long as it's a, a dunderhead of a question and not intelligent in any way, shape, or form. Also, who wants to marry Sheev? <laughs> we didn't even get to that, did we? No, she wants to marry she's and gonna take him for all he's she, worth, she's his you know? future ex-wife. Yeah, right. exactly. She, she gets half of a she's death She's got star. a pile of, uh, of credits buried, but... you know, in his in his uh, summer home on Naboo, right? <laughs> well, maybe that's what he did. Maybe he faked his death to get away from this woman who oh, wow. wants to yeah. marry him Lord and then I've divorce never thought him. Of doing anything like that, nor has any other man. Well, guys, it was a really fun episode. Um, you know, I, I. <laughs> I, I'm really. I'm sorry I wasn't feeling better. We could Cooper? have done a double episode. You're right. Something with my stomach, man. I I didn't drink last night. I don't know. You don't look very well, man. Ig, <laughs> what did you put in that sauce? I don't don't blame oh, the sauce. Oh I'm sure it was oh, McDonald's. Guys, I I gotta go to the bathroom again. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll... <laughs> Wow. Oh, God. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, don't, don't forget to take your helmet off. Like, all of them. 
That could take a while. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that That's going to be hard to clean up. Well, uh, I guess I'll do it. Uh, well, IG, uh, that's all for this week. So go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find us. Uh, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at facebook.com slash real faking star wars and if you want to submit a question for us on twitter use the hashtag fsw radio and we may read it next week you get you can get official fsw t-shirts and other gear on tpublic.com user faking star wars oh, guys, and if you'd like guys, I, I got it all over the toilet oh god oh. Uh, hey we're trying to work here oh. figure your life out man uh, at least it's not on the carpet uh, uh. Anyway, so you, public. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at tbrontor. That's T-E-E-B-R-O-N-T-R. And uh, if you want to follow Storm uh, Duper to the toilet, you can follow him at at Storm Duper. <coughs> and, of course, you can't follow me at all unless you want to be made uh, into sauce. Uh, you can follow FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well at at FSW Radio. And if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do, you can visit us on Patreon at Faking Star Wars, and you can sign up to become a patron. And you not only support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you love, but you also get a reward. So join us for as little as one buck a month. Be like Darth Taxis, who joined us at the Fake Jedi Knight tier. Find us on Stitcher. We are there. Have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. If you write a funny review, we may read it on an upcoming episode. As always, stay tuned to fakingstarwars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all our followers for listening. And of course, should I say it or should I let Duper say it? Duper? Oh, Duper, guys. how are you feeling, oh, man? It's in my neck beard. Oh, man. It's like a Death Star explosion there. Oh, I think I think I'm going to have to have one of you guys drive me to the hospital. I think I got food poisoning. I feel like I would be. I think you should say the oh, line. No, no, you have I to say man. it. It's you, your you line. Just do it. Oh, come on, man. It's not. I, I'm so sick. Oh God. Oh, may the phobia with all you guys. Okay. I'm going to bed. Oh. Well, this is what you get for eating one week old McDonald's, man. 